1: to start winning.
0: Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one out, touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr., going to
1: he did Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Road of his Overtime on the Road of his Radio. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. As always, joined on the show here by my co host, it is Mr. Sean Siegel. Sean, we are into episode 299. We are one away from episode 300, which will be coming out on Thursday. Looking forward to hitting that landmark. It's quite unbelievable that we are at that point already, but averaging around uh, 100 shows a season. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're moving quite rapidly. Um, We did get a few mentions in. We got the questions that people are suggesting for the bonus Q&A that we're going to do. We haven't decided if that's going to be this week or next week. At this point, it probably will be next week when that one will be uh, coming out. So still plenty of time to get those questions in, but a lot of people toast into a minimum of 300 more episodes. So that might be a lot to uh, commit to at this point, but we'll we'll see how things play out. But Sean, uh, week five is done and dusted. We mentioned last week that week four was possibly an all-time week in terms of how it went for us week uh, Week five it felt to me like um crashing down to earth unfortunately in terms of how those lineups did but um, We take it on our stride we move forward. There's plenty of weeks left to head towards the playoffs Yeah, there are plenty
2: of weeks left and on week five was crazy, right? So it wasn't so good for us But it was great for fantasy football and it was great for reality football if you have the right players. Now, week five, and this is one of the things we talk about a lot for fantasy, but week five for reality football, I felt like was a very big bounce back for the superstars, for these guys who really can carry teams. And so, you know, we saw Justin Herbert, we saw Lamar Jackson, we know that those guys are, you know, two of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL you know, both the Chargers and the Ravens, and, and really especially the Ravens right now, have some real problems, but if you have a quarterback like that, then he gives you a chance every single week, and not just a chance, but the chance to pour on some massive, massive fantasy totals as we saw this week. So, column, uh, it, it wasn't the best week for our, our teams, and most of the teams weren't in that great of shape. Kind of going into well even the second wave of games and then immediately saquon barkley goes out which you know we always talk about how this is much more disappointing for the player although you know hopefully this one is actually not gonna be that bad we all saw the images of him with the ankle all swollen up you also saw i mean this was very much a basketball type of injury where he steps on another player's foot turns that ankle pretty badly but the reports to this point have been pretty optimistic so I'm hoping that all those Barkley rosters that they can just fight through and a couple of the Barkley rosters actually look pretty amazing uh, just you know we always want to focus on the bright side and the team that I was fortunate enough to draft with Ben and Davis Matic and you know anybody who hasn't listened to that draft I mean it really is kind of fun the three of us you know we Definitely butting heads and pushing for different guys throughout the draft. It was a lot of fun, and now the actual roster that we have is is pretty crazy, right? So we had 170 plus points, I believe, despite getting less than a point from Barkley. I call one of the Rotoviz quad teams that I did with our ownership group with Curtis, Dave, and Blair. Put up 206 points this week. Again, getting less than a point from Barkley, and that team has AJ Dillon on the bench, so hopefully he'll be able to fill in there. Both of those teams actually have Kadarius Tony, so that's encouraging. As long as his leg is okay, uh, he's not going to be suspended for the brouhaha at the end there. So those teams looking very, very good. There were some disappointments, right? You and I had a team that entered the weekend first, is still in good shape, but needed uh, nine points from the Baltimore defense last night and they had some chances. They got close. They blocked that field goal, got it to be very tight. And so uh, very unfortunately I was kind of rooting for overtime to give them a couple more chances, you know, hope that the, the Colts get the ball back. Instead what happens is that the Ravens get the ball. We get more points for Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown. Colm, I went into the game, the team that Curtis and I have, was up uh, like 77 points we were one non-crazy game away from going to four and one so again trying to focus on the bright side you get to four and one on on a lot of these teams maybe the teams that are in first Lucy game but you know you're still right there in the mix next week and, and, and you know we always joke everybody's like well you know if i get 50 points from such and such then i'll be able to win on monday night with overtime involved, we did manage to lose that 77-point no lead. Yes, so you and I actually, our Travis Kelsey team was playing against uh, the one that's the, the Extreme Zero RB, a pretty fun team there, in the FBG contest. You and I were facing Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown. Curtis and I were facing Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown. Those guys go for 80 points. <laughs> so you know again I, just congratulations to them it wasn't great from a fantasy perspective but just still fun to watch there was a lot of great football this week as long as you weren't Derek Carr or Sam Darnold
1: yeah it was uh there was a lot of good football that game you mentioned us needing the uh the Ravens and the the defense I I, I didn't stay up to watch it it's you know 1 30 a.m here I go go to game pass in the morning go to <laughs> go to watch the the game in 40 and uh the, the first kind of thing that comes up is Jonathan Taylor just like going for a seventy five yard touchdown so that didn't uh, kick off the morning of good Spurs they nearly got there a couple of times like you mentioned but um yeah these things these things happen it's never the best when you're rooting you know relying on that defense come Monday night football but uh, some big plays there um the Packers and Devontae Adams a big day for Adams a career day for him uh, so you mentioned you know some of the, the superstars having superstar days and that definitely did happen and we've talked a lot over the last probably six months about Jonathan Taylor so a really impressive outing as well from him but uh yeah the a tough one for the the colts who had led the the whole way and lose at the very end but yeah a really really interesting week from an on the field perspective i mentioned the devontae adams day um really strange kicking day there some of the most unusual things that you know we'll ever see probably the most unusual packers game i remember that we've won um one of the more other unusual ones was the 2014 nfc championship game which the less i talk about that probably the better but um yeah a very very fascinating week which well, sean before we dive into the rest of the week what i want to touch on is the 300 episode coming up we've talked uh, and asked the listeners to send their suggestions for players to be in the intro for the show uh, we did have you know patrick mahomes is in there Devontae adams is in there and um also Odell Beckham but we thought 300 episodes a nice time to switch things up so the suggestions that have come in as the most asked for players I'm going to read them out here to you I'm going to let you then have veto power if you want to add any other name in that you think is egregiously missed and then um, I'm going to give you the power to select the the tree that we will we will use moving forward we have DJ Moore, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, I think the OG wide receiver of the podcast and Tyler Boyd, and then uh, the newcomer, maybe to that crown, and Rondell Moore. So those are the the names suggested by the listeners. First up, have you any player you think has been missed out?
2: Well, I just I keep flashing back to that touchdown reception to start the game for Jonathan Taylor last night. Uh, he's been one of our favorites uh, since since draft season started that year and then you know as a rookie for rookie drafts and then for this season you know he was one of the guys I said you've got to draft everywhere even though you know there are some potential issues you know you have Naheem Hines on this team and he's very very good he could squash some of the receiving value you know and it still may turn out that there are players who were drafted in the same range who score more points this season but I just he's still good right and you know you contrast him with our our little Chiefs guy and, and Clyde Edwards O'Leary suffers the injury in game but one of the things about that game is despite coming off of two 100 yard performances and scoring and receiving touchdowns I don't know if, if he was perhaps sick or if the Chiefs looked at those games and said yeah I mean we, we gave him a lot of touches." and he ran the ball all right, but man, is he terrible? Because, I mean, Edwards-Alaire had basically been benched in this game before the injury, and so you you see that long touchdown run, you know, catch-and-run, the reception for Taylor. When it happened, I was both ecstatic for my teams that he's on, ecstatic for him, you know, really excited about the fact that, you know, we talk from time to time about how it is important to us that we, you know, generally help the listeners and the readers right you know when when i'm wrong on things for the listeners or the readers i mean it, it you know i it makes me feel sick right and so you, you want those things to work out and so that was very positive but in terms of feeling sick i mean it almost you know thinking that the chiefs had him there such an easy obvious and amazing choice and decide to go for this guy who you know is more of a late round or undrafted talent in the first round I, I also wanted to run to the bathroom and vomit at that point because again, like the contrast was just so stark. But anyway, so I would put Taylor in there as a possibility. It's a good list of names that we have on the sheet here
1: yeah so we'll maybe discuss it more off the air we'll see what we come back with uh whether that is for the show on thursday or whether it's for um maybe saturday's show when i get it all pulled together to see who we go with there but sean throwing jonathan taylor's name into the ring and uh, you know again it was a, a phenomenal performance by him two touchdowns over 100 yards through the air on those three receptions and uh, obviously it's rushing yardage <laughs> in there as well and um he was somebody Sean in this off season pretty early in it that we were talking about like order to draft running backs and I remember at the time you know kind of putting him a little bit higher than I I thought but now when I look back at uh, the it's, it's I think it's a little bit too low. I mentioned on I think it was last week's show after the Miami game they just need to keep giving him the ball and they need to keep giving him the ball more and this is another reason why they they need to keep doing that. He just uh, he looks looks so explosive looks really really impressive so uh, yeah Jonathan Taylor's gonna be super fun to watch
2: well you've been on him the the whole time Colin you've been even higher on him than I have been and you know this is a game here where I mean I don't think the Colts are, are that good we saw how their defense has some real limitations at this point they suffered some more in-game injuries which never helps and Carson Wentz actually played very well in this game and they may get some more talent back if, if ty hilton ever is all right you know and if he's not just washed up kind of in addition to the injury elements but i mean this isn't a team that we expect to run away from people even though they play in a division where you know they're going to have some pretty soft games the colts were trying to kind of salt this game away and they were very predictable in terms of how they use taylor in the second half didn't necessarily give them the same opportunities in games where they trail and they continue to throw to him right just the receiving upside for, I mean, Heinz is going to factor in, but you look at what Taylor can do and you look at how they use Taylor early in this game. I mean, the upside is just off the charts. It, part of it, you see that touchdown and you see the other couple early passes and you dream. And one of the things that uh, the Packers came out after the game, and again, we've talked about this quite a bit, but it was really cool to see the team talk about is they're like, we love AJ Dillon in the receiving game. And you're like, if you like him as a receiver, then I mean, it's on now because, You're talking about these two guys. I mean, they're different players, but both of them extremely athletic for their size and obviously Dylan even bigger. If they're going to be used as receivers, then not just for this season, where maybe there are still some structural limitations, but as they go forward in their careers as dynasty weapons, it's just so exciting to see these two guys play.
1: Yeah, Dylan as well, you know, that touchdown reception, that was not an easy catch uh, to to complete the catch before he, went ahead and got into the end zone and uh, was involved uh, in the passing game on a few other occasions too. So yeah, if we get if we get some Dylan uh, out in space, uh, pretty much impossible <laughs> to take down in the, the open field. But um, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, I was kind of hinting at it there as to where we would have took him. Um, I think I had him kind of in the 5-6 the range, I think, at this point in terms of NFL running backs. I know on the season, Derek Henry's having a massive season on massive volume and does look very, very good. But i would say jonathan taylor at this point in time is the the best running back in the nfl but we will talk more about some of the other players around the league as and how things shook out we'll do that right after this break nfl football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find nfl tickets anymore because tech that's t-i-c-k-p-i-c-k is the original no fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for NFL tickets. TechPick Tick got rid of all those awful service fees that other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TechPick Tick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. One of my bucket list items is certainly to head on over and see my Green Bay Packers over in Green Bay at Lambeau Field. I'm super excited to see how this season plays out for the Packers, whether it's the Packers or any other team that you want to head and get in on the action this season and attend a game. Whether it's a home game for your favourite team or it's on the road, Tick Pick has you covered. Visit tickpick.com slash rotoviz today and use the promo code rotoviz to save 10% on your first order. So if you're thinking of going to a game this season, don't wait. Head on over, get those tickets, use the code rotoviz. That is tickpick.com slash rotoviz.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: So Sean, I mentioned the best running back in the NFL being Jonathan Taylor. don't know if you agree or disagree, but Derrick Henry continues to have a a big, big season so far. But um, some of the tools on the website showing that it is going to be possibly a little bit more difficult for him uh, moving forward here for the rest of the season.
2: It is. Now, Derrick Henry has been fantastic. I do think that there's a contrast between what Henry gives you sort of early in games and what backs like Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor give you. But if you can stay in the game and, you know, if you can mostly play teams in the AFC South, which I don't know if I gave that (laughs) enough emphasis in the offseason, thinking about just how bad this AFC South was going to be because – I mean, one of the things that we've seen, and, and Henry has been more active in the receiving game. Now, the last couple of weeks, they've used McNichols a lot more. He's looked pretty good. That little bit of receiving value on top of this monster workload. So Derek Henry came into this game with 128 opportunities. That was 35 more than the next closest back. At, at a certain point, you know, you can say, okay, well, he doesn't have the expected point profile to be a good first-round pick you know, if you're going to factor in injuries at all. Now, one of the things that we saw with the Barkley injury is just how random that was. I mean, that's not even an injury on a running back type of play. That's an injury where, I mean, Daniel Jones misses him by so much when he's wide open to make a catch that in the aftermath of that, the guys end up kind of, you know, randomly running into each other. He steps on a guy's foot. But Derrick Henry has been extremely healthy. And if you can hold up to this type of workload, and one of the things that we do know is that the huge workloads are a red flag. At the same time, guys who have been very clean in terms of the health history, I mean, that's a good thing, right? It's not like you're, you're due to get hurt necessarily. If you have been healthy in the past, I mean, that's, that's a good sign. So anyway, he's got the, this huge number of opportunities. He carries 29 times against the Jaguars. Just, there are very few teams and very few game scripts in which you can have that kind of thing you know, at all, much less, more or less consistently. And things have worked out pretty well for him. And I think that we have to give credit to him for just, just how good he is. I mean, the, the criticisms of him as a first round pick, number one, don't look very good right now, but number two are never about the talent. It's about how it works in fantasy. We'll see how that's going to go from now to this point. He's had the fourth best schedule at the running back position. It's been very, very favorable. We see some of these AFC South games. It goes more or less neutral the rest of the way. And so it's not going to be the same thing. I mean, when we think about Derrick Henry, he had this great stretch in terms of schedule in the fantasy playoffs last year, which was one of the reasons why People were so excited about his potential to, number one, win their individual leagues. Number two, if you're in tournaments, to win tournaments. And then he starts off this season with a great schedule. And so a little bit of what we're feeling right now about Henry is based on a long run of very – Positive schedule. And you know, you see every week just how big of a difference it makes. I mean, we almost have two NFLs in some ways. I mean, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs still one of the best teams in football. They've had some huge problems this season. They have to get those fixed. And yet, if you look at the games that they've played, their five games versus some of the other teams that we have sitting there in a better shape in the NFL, I and mean, the Chiefs would be five and zero against a lot of those schedules. Well, the same thing happens for the individual fantasy players, at least to an extent. And so Henry right now is, is very, very high. I think that if you have the guts, this is a time to sell him. But I say that within the context of, I mean, you're going to have to have a lot of guts and you have to realize, I mean, Henry is very good. And so we talk about not selling players and in terms of overall structure, kind of building around big talents. I mean, Henry's that guy right? So even though the schedule goes negative a little bit the rest of the way, I expect him to still score a lot of points. It'll be interesting to see if Darrington Evans is ever healthy. If he can cut in a lot, it'll be interesting to see if they're challenged, you know, do they throw more A.J. Brown? Very disappointing return. And one of the things about guys getting hurt is just, I mean, it causes so many problems for your team, right? Because you don't have them, but then when they come back, you have the question of like, what percentage of a hundred, are they, and are they going to need to be worked back in? Now, again, in this one, they're ahead. They're playing a lackluster Jaguars team, so they don't necessarily have to emphasize the pass. But AJ Brown, you just you need a lot more of them if you if you plug him into your lineup. Now, he did have an early 22 yard reception. He was tackled at the one yard line. If he gets in instead of setting up Henry's first score, then he has one touchdown. Henry has two instead of this three zero. And so, even though the yardage is going to be very different, we we feel differently about this game if you know if he makes that play but the other thing i think is going to happen is that as these receivers come back it's going to keep defenses more honest and so henry's not necessarily going to have to face the same type of attention that he does when aj brown and julio jones are both out so when we mix all those things together i think it's more or less a wash with the only thing being that this workload that henry has had to this point just really isn't sustainable
1: yeah you know i we talk about henry a lot henry is a fantastic nfl player just in terms of you mentioned the profile and what we expect from him his pass catching profile and things like that there usually isn't somebody we would be targeting in the first round but we haven't seen many people in nfl history get the workload he's getting in terms of the the 128 opportunities um you know through four weeks th- uh, you know it's just it's just phenomenal in terms of what he's what he's been asked to do and you mentioned you know injuries like saquon barkley got injured I, i'm beginning to think at this point that it's just derrick henry won't get injured as impossible as body is made out of some sort of fiber that we haven't uh, figured out yet what it is but we'll see how he goes rest off season. Um, Somebody who continues to have an explosive breakout campaign is Mike Williams. Part of that is down to his quarterback and Justin Herbert. Uh, The Chargers with another win this week continue to be quite aggressive um, in terms of their play call. Mike Williams just continues to Phenomenal in terms of his uh, upside, both on deep passes and contested catches. Pretty much everything. I mentioned maybe last week or the week before, I didn't think this sort of a breakout was certainly possible. But at this point, he is overtaken Keenan Allen as the, the number one wide receiver in that offense.
2: He has. Now, I kind of expect that to go in the other direction. I mean, Mike Williams is a pretty clear sell. Keenan Allen is a pretty clear buy. But that's not to make light of what Williams has done at all right we talk about some of we talk about the tools all the time we talk about some of the offseason research one of the things that really jumped out to me this offseason and and one of the reasons why I love the tools is the sim scores tool the range of outcomes tool that Dave Cabin has built that allows you to do these historical player matches see what the range of outcomes are absolutely loved Justin Herbert we had some nice articles on the site using the road of his screener, the similarity feature there, Justin Herbert. I mean, the guy that he really looks like is Andrew Luck. And so you're thinking, okay, this second year leap, that's a possibility. The, the tricky part just for fantasy is you're trying to think, well, I mean, Keenan Allen is very good, but they don't have necessarily a second receiver. They don't necessarily have a tight end. We know Austin Eckler is going to be involved as a receiver, but they don't have other backs. And so he's probably also going to be involved as a runner. Of where is the rest of this production going to come from? And then I wrote the 50-year wide receiver breakout article. I, I kind of went back through and, and read this for the third or fourth time uh, yesterday. Just again trying to get a sense of you know what the tools showed, what the data showed, what my takeaway was from that. And you go through all of that information, and my takeaway was uh, you have to draft Williams on every team. And so there's a, a pretty good window there on the site where that was the direction that I was getting. And hopefully you know, a lot of uh, fantasy managers loaded up on him at that point. The frustrating thing for me, and in this, you know, we kind of go back, Ben and I had a cool stealing bananas episode of, you know, what do we take from the preseason? What do we take from reporting from beats? And I, one of the things I want to say here, just before I make the other comment is that these guys do a fantastic job and and we love the work that the men and women do on uh, just, you know, giving us a window into training camp. My other takeaway would be, you know, how much emphasis should we put on that? Probably not very much, right? So one of the things that, that really kind of spooked me on Williams is this training camp report that he's invisible. And, I'm thinking, okay, well, you know.
1: It's not a good trip.
2: No, I mean, y- you've got a guy who the number one thing that he has struggled with as an NFL player is drawing targets and we talk all the time about how yeah there are all these different advanced stats that are really cool they give you great information about how a player is doing what he's doing they have some a lot of predictive elements in terms of you know where you can find buy lows you know where you can find sell highs that kind of thing but the biggest thing that it always just comes down to is when you're out there on the football field who gets open or who presents a target in such a way that his quarterback is just peppering him with passes And Williams has always struggled with that. You have the new coaching staff. They say all the right things. We've heard all the right things about Williams before, including going into last season. And then, you know, the beat reporters are saying, well, you know, he is basically not involved here at training camp at all. Um, (laughs) Justin Herbert doesn't look his way. So I'm like, well, I have enough shares in Dynasty and I have enough early shares in best ball that I'm not going to make him a focal point in these main events. And well, I mean, that has been a big mistake. So we, we kind of look at the way information comes in. I, I love the tools, the research, you know, that's where my emphasis always is, especially at the price, probably shouldn't have come off of Williams. But the main thing here is just to kind of look at what he's doing and, and give him a lot of credit. i, I Put in the Monday article, you know, have the profile there of the top five guys and scoring right now. You've got Cooper Cup number one, Williams two, Hill, Adams, Debo, Samuel. You think of the massive games that Hill and Adams have had. Adams this week, Hill in weeks one and four. You think about where Debo has been. And to think that Mike Williams is ahead of those three guys, and especially the two superstars. I mean, it's it's crazy right and so the thing that we look there is you know we do see him on a touchdown pace and the same thing with Cooper Cup that we wouldn't expect them to continue Cup also a little bit less impressive from well just in in terms of what his overall volume is going to be when you look at both the targets and the air yards you know maybe something where it doesn't have the potential to stay in the plus 20 range now I expect him to stay you know top five or six you know, even going forward, not even taking into consideration what's already happened because he's such a perfect fit for what the Rams are doing. He's a really good player. You look back to the uh, 2020 season going into that, Cup had a spectacular score in the range of outcomes tool that I just mentioned. He obviously didn't come through exactly with that last season. We're seeing it a little bit now. Obviously, it's important to be right at the right time, it doesn't help you to be on a player in the wrong year. But one of the things that we know about fantasy football one of the reasons to not be overconfident and to make sure that we're targeting good players and players at good prices. And we emphasize price all the time. And that's one of the things that gets me about Mike Williams is that you emphasize these prices, you're going to come out ahead when you combine talent and price with that. But anyway, my bigger point was that Mike Williams has this overall target and depth of target type of target profile that is extremely exciting so even if the touchdowns go down we would expect him to play well now one of the things that has happened in some of the games is we've seen some broken coverages i don't think that that can really continue right because when you're looking at defending the chargers it's it's allen and williams and so it doesn't really make sense to lose these guys you know 20 yards behind the defense as we saw the browns do But, Colin, the other little thing I wanted to to point out here is that it's going to be very difficult to stop the Chargers when they're this aggressive. When you have Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams, and you combine that with maybe the most aggressive fourth down coach in the NFL, they got down 27-13 early in this one. Everybody knows about the comeback. Maybe not everybody knows exactly how they did it, right? They had four big fourth downs that they had to convert during the stretch, including two of them that were fourth and seven or longer, a couple of situations where even trailing most coaches, and even a lot of aggressive coaches, would have punted. One of the things, or in, in in some of these cases, actually kick field goals, right? You know, get that margin down. There are different ways to kind of look at, you know, would you prefer to try and go for the tie now or kick a field goal, and then when you score the next time, then you're ahead. So some different ways to look at it, but, you know, you go back, and I don't even really care about those some of those training camp reports if i had known and maybe this information was out there but if i had known that brandon staley was going to say i trust my team and one of the things that you know we try to mention from time to time is when you go for go for a fourth down you're not just trusting one side or the other you're trusting your offense to make it and your defense to make the stop if you fail right so you're trusting your team if i had known that he was going to be this aggressive <laughs> You just you get so many extra opportunities when you do it like this. I mean, think about the teams that punt away. You know, Cleveland has Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They control the clock. You know, they run this game out. Now, to an extent, I mean, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb score so fast as running backs <laughs> that they don't even necessarily run the clock out. Both of those guys you know, looked fantastic in that game as well. So, Chargers Browns, one of the best games you'll ever see. Column. I have some Mike Williams paired up with Justin Herbert on that team with Davis and Ben. Uh, It has Jonathan Taylor. It has Saquon Barkley. I think it can get through that, you know, in a week like this, you're kind of looking through to see like, where did things go? Well, the other thing that was pretty exciting is a bunch of the best ball teams that I drafted with Blair Andrews early using the Intel from our best ball tools moved into first place with 200 point weeks this week. And so, again, wins and losses. But uh, on a week like this, hopefully you can find some 200-point two, games uh, at different points.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think it's always good to see where things are going going right with the process. But, uh, yeah, that was a, a phenomenal game as well. Or I guess we will be remiss if we didn't mention uh, – our guy Austin Eckler um, getting into the end zone three times. Nice to see him fighting, uh, fighting the end zone a couple of times. And uh, we'll see, we'll see how the rest of the season goes for the Chargers and Mike Williams. But Justin Herbert uh, looks to be taking a big, big step forward. And we will be talking about some other aggressive play calling on fourth down, um, or even on two point conversions, and the the next show uh, coming up on Thursday, which will be episode three hundred. As Sean talks about his love for Dan Campbell on that one. Looking forward to getting some insights there but Sean we are at the end of episode 299 we're going to wrap things up there anyone with any questions for the bonus shows any Q&A's for myself or for Sean I've got some very very interesting suggestions so far that I'm, I'm looking forward to talking through with Sean and get his thoughts on them but um, send them my way either to Overtime Ireland at gmail.com or Overtime Ireland on Twitter we'll use the best of those on an upcoming Bonus show for all of you. And of course, if you want to get yourself a 10% discount and you haven't already signed up yet, you can get a 10% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass by using the code RVRadio2021 at checkout or going to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for further information. That is the end of today's show. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Over to My co host is Sean Siegel. The piece we talked through, some of the data today is from sean's monday piece head on over and check the rest of it out up on rotavis.com and until then have a good one thank you for listening to overtime on rotavis radio please rate and review the rotavis radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app you can contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at rotavis radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to rotavis with a discount through the Roto-Viz radio homepage rotavis.com forward slash podcast